What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be running through some of my sell high players heading into week four of the NFL season. So these are players that I just think have overproduced, you know, at least early on in the season, or maybe just here in week three. And I just think this is the best opportunity to sell high on them. You wanna get these players off your roster. Their values are probably never gonna be as high as they are right now. Before I do jump into the first sell high player, if you guys have any fantasy questions, it could be start sit waiver wire, you know, maybe you hear a player that I say sell high, you want to run a trade by me, totally cool. Drop those questions down below in the comment section, and I'll be getting back to every single person. And then just hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. It really does help me out a ton. But the first sell high player we're going to be talking about here is Terry McLaurin. So McLaurin went out here in week three, hit a solid game in an overall down offensive performance. The commanders did not look good as an offense, but McLaurin still produced six receptions for 102 receiving yards. You know, 16 PPR points isn't anything crazy, but you're kind of able to make that argument. You know, he had the volume. He went for over 100 yards. He was a touchdown away from it being a 20-point performance. So, you know, maybe not a massive fantasy number, but still a very overall solid day that I think most people will be able to recognize as a nice performance. I feel like right now, you know, heading into week four, the vast majority of people still view Terry McLaurin as the clear-cut top wide receiver for the commanders. You know, they may understand that Curtis Samuel is in the picture, Jahan Dotson is in the picture, but I feel like most people think Terry's the guy. I mean, it makes sense over the last few years, the commanders have always been Terry McLaurin is number one and then just nothing below him. This is a totally different offense this season. I don't have the exact stats locked in on this, but I feel like the commanders have got to run you know, the most three wide receiver sets in the entire NFL. If not the most, they have got to be very, very close because they have three wide receivers who just eat up snap counts. You have McLaurin, you have Curtis Samuel, you have Jahad Dotson. These dudes are basically in the game every single snap. And through three games, the target distribution is very, very concerning to me if you do own Terry McLaurin because he is far from the clear-cut number one. So through three games... We have Curtis Samuel sitting at 30 targets, 10 targets per game. That's the number we like. We have Terry McLaurin sitting at 21, so seven targets per game, okay. And then we actually have Jahan Dotson right behind him at 18 at six per game. So I just think this idea that McLaurin is the number one in this offense, this is not something that's going to be lasting into week four, into week five. So I think right now, if I can get a top 20 wide receiver in return, maybe even a top 24 wide receiver in the turn or in return. This is something I definitely have to look into. To be totally honest with you, I strongly am considering ranking Curtis Samuel ahead of Terry McLaurin moving forward. He's been more involved. Their usage in terms of routes run is the same. They're getting Curtis Samuel involved on the ground. They're scheming him opportunities. They're moving him around. He's working out of the slot. He's working out wide. They are getting Curtis Samuel the ball. You know, I said I might consider it. I feel like I've already, you know, made that switch in my mind. In my opinion, Curtis Samuel is the wide receiver to own in this commander's wide receiver room. So while Terry McLaurin is still viewed as the top guy, this is where I want to move off of him. I just have a quick list here of players that I would fire off offers for. Not saying these are going to be accepted because obviously personally, I wouldn't accept this if I want to make this in like the reverse trade. But guys like Deontay Johnson, a lot of volume, hasn't necessarily had that top fantasy production yet. Gabe Davis coming off a down game. I'd love him for McLaurin. Rashad Bateman coming off of a down game. Cortland Sutton, I would love for Terry McLaurin. He's probably, you know, not obtainable at this point. 
But, you know, looking at those guys, maybe even go Terry McLaurin, pair him with a back-end RB2, try to get a, you know, high-end wide receiver two, maybe fringe wide receiver one, something in that territory. But I do think kind of the time is now to move Terry McLaurin off of your roster while he still has, you know, potential top 24 wide receiver value. And actually for the next sell high player, we're going to stay in the same offense and it is going to be Antonio Gibson. And if I have Antonio Gibson, I talked about, you know, getting off of McLaurin. If I have Gibson, I truly am trying to ship him off as soon as possible. I actually have already talked about Antonio Gibson in this like style of video. After week one, I listed Antonio Gibson as a sell high. People didn't really like it. They told me he was going to be the guy moving forward. He had this newfound receiving work and I didn't necessarily agree with it, but I understood why people didn't want to move off of him. He had that crazy receiving production week one. He put up some solid fantasy points. So people didn't want to move off of him. You know, he basically did it all around that entire game. So I understood, didn't necessarily agree, but I understood, you know, the thought process. Maybe he just continues to ball out. The problem with that thing, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned it in that video, is that he didn't actually take over the passing down work. He was not taking over McKissick's role. He was not the third down back. He just had a ton of work on like early down receiving opportunities which you know they happen, but it's very rare where you're gonna keep up top receiving production if you're not getting the third down work. So since that big receiving game, he's only been targeted five times over the past two weeks and his rushing efficiency as a whole has just plummeted. And now we have Brian Robinson looming in the background. We've seen you know clips of him running routes. It looks like he is targeting a return here in week five when he can come off of the, uh, I think he's on the IR. So when he can come off of the IR in week five, he's looking to make his return. So far throughout the season, three games, Gibson is averaging 14.4 points per game. So I truly think you can push him to a league mate as look at this mid-tier RB2. You know, he's kind of locked in there. I do think this is a chance where you can sell high on him. And I think for Gibson, I'd be looking to package him and like a fringe wide receiver two for maybe a bottom tier running back one, maybe like a McLaurin and a Gibson. I don't know if you'd have those guys on the same team, but like those quality players to attack, I don't know, maybe like a Javante Williams, um, you know, feel around for offers like that. Maybe I talked about uh, by Lowe's, a Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette. I don't think you guys are going to get those in return, but I guess it is worth a shot here. I just think like Gibson is someone right now who has a decent amount of value, especially if people aren't super locked in with B-Rap returning, you know, him potentially being the starter before the season even started where I think Gibson has a lot of value, but I'm being 100%. I believe this. I think week four, Gibson's obviously going to be decent. By week five, Gibson's value can really, really tank. So when I'm just looking at this from like, even if I'm a believer in Gibson, the risk reward, if Brian Robinson comes back and, you know, just isn't involved, Gibson isn't going up from his current price, right? Like he's not gaining any value. But if Brian Robinson comes in and is the same guy he was preseason who had beat out Antonio Gibson, Gibson goes from someone with mid-tier running back two value to all of a sudden, like he's barely even rosterable. If he's playing behind Brian Robinson on this commander's offense where you have uh, JD McKissick getting the third down work, it is not a pretty picture if Brian Robinson comes in and takes his job. So I know some of you guys do like Antonio Gibson, But are you so confident that Brian Robinson will not eat into his carries? Personally, I am not that confident in Antonio Gibson. And it's not even him as a player. It's more so just 
like the commander's coaching staff, they haven't shown anything that makes me believe that they trust Antonio Gibson to be the guy moving forward. So I'm trying to move off of him. Another running back that I'd be trying to move off of is actually going to be Damian Pierce. I feel like this video I'm going to get some hate for. I feel like McLaurin, people love McLaurin. I feel like the same thing about Antonio Gibson. And Damian Pierce is like the new darling heading into this season. But I feel like I have a pretty strong argument here. We're in week three against the Bears. Like this was the perfect ceiling game for Damian Pierce. Now, I'm not saying he's going to have a game where he doesn't score more fantasy points. I think it's possible he has like a two touchdown game, you know, some weird game where he racks up a ton of receiving yards, ton of PPR points. But in terms of just like overall game script, his workload, they were in a competitive game. The Texans were against a bad Bears team, not a good defense. Bears offense is obviously atrocious. So it was competitive the entire game. The Texans could run the ball a ton like they want to. And so Damian Pierce racks up 20 carries for 80 rushing yards and a touchdown, and then adds two targets for two receptions and 21 yards. That leads to 18.1 fantasy points. And the problem I have here with Damian Pierce, like I talked about, this is pretty close to a ceiling game here for Pierce. And 18.1 points as a ceiling game, I just don't think that's going to be cutting it moving forward. We still see Rex Burkhead getting the pass catching role. So that area is kind of capped for Damian Pierce. The Texans are not a good offense. They are not a good team. They're going to be trailing in a lot of the games they play in, which means that I don't think Damian Pierce is going to have the opportunity to rack up 20 carries. I don't think he's a guy you can project for one touchdown a game. That just does not seem likely. So with this current setup on this offense with a limited receiving role, it's tough to see him being any better than a mid-tier running back too. Like I feel like that's like his ceiling if he can continue to rack up touchdown performances. So I think people like the name Damian Pierce. You show them that workload, 20 carries. He has the touchdown. He's coming off a solid game. I think you can sell him at a mid-tier running back two price. Maybe a similar thing I talked about with Gibson, pair him with a fringe top 24 wide receiver, go after a potential wide receiver one, go after a potential running back one. So Damian Pierce is someone I'd be trying to trade. And I guess kind of the theme of this sell high video is like getting these committee running backs or not even committee, but just guys in weird backfields because we're going to move it over to Chase Edmonds, who is truly a part of a disgusting backfield. But Edmonds is coming off of a 15.7 point game. All of that basically was due to scoring two touchdowns. So a very, very touchdown dependent performance here from Chase Edmonds. But there are some serious red flags with Chase Edmonds moving forward. He has been out carried by Raheem Mostert in the last two weeks. And he's not even like established himself as the clear cut pass catching guy. They've had the same target numbers in both of the last two games. So not looking good for the overall workload of Chase Edmonds. And honestly, like I feel like just like the general NFL fan myself, before I really dug into the snap counts, if you see a Raheem Mostert and a Chase Edmonds committee, I would expect, you know, this is just me, but I feel like a lot of people would expect this. You would have Raheem Mostert getting the early down work, and then you would see Chase Edmonds getting the third down work you know, filtering in on early downs. And then you'd probably see Mostert getting like the short yarded situations and then the uh, goal line work. This backfield is all out of whack. Somehow Chase Edmonds does not have the receiving role. That's supposed to be like his calling card. He instead gets the goal line carries. So basically the opposite of what he did in uh, Arizona last year with Chase Connor as like the early down red zone guy. They basically split the third down work. So no one really has like that spot locked up. And then you have Edmonds taking all five of the goal line carries 
but then Mostert dominates the early down work. So the whole thing is just a very, very weird situation. But right now, like, I don't even know if Chase Edmonds is startable. Like, I think he's barely startable. If he's getting goal line work, it probably helps him in that department just because this uh, Dolphins offense will be good. But he's turning into one of these running backs where he's not getting enough workload to, you know, give you any production if he is not getting into the end zone. So it's one of these guys where it's like, all right, is he going to give you seven points or is he going to give you 13 points? That's not a spot you want to be falling in. So he is someone I'm trying to throw into a trade package. I obviously don't think he's in the same tier of an Antonio Gibson or a Damian Pierce. So if you're trying to get an elite weapon, you know, you're going to have to package up a better wide receiver or a better running back. But someone I'm definitely, you know, willing to move off of because I do feel like just the usage he's getting, the volume is not there. If he has back-to-back performances with no touchdowns, his value is just going to plummet. And then the final uh, sell-high player here, another running back, kind of a similar situation, I guess, is going to be Devin Singletary. So he is coming off a monster game, especially as a pass catcher. He was targeted 11 times in this game, caught nine of them for 78 yards and a touchdown. That led to 24.1 fantasy PPR points. Overall, this was just a very, very strange game. It's kind of weird the way the Bills played this. So this was like a close one possession game, I believe the entire time. I think Bills were up early, then Dolphins were up later on in the game. But this was never a situation where like the Dolphins were pulling away. The Bills threw the ball 63 times. If you see a game log with 63 pass attempts, you would imagine that one team was just getting blown out the entire time and they had to switch to a pass heavy approach very early on. That really wasn't the case. And it kind of just connects back to Singletary here because even though he was fantastic as a pass catcher, it's not something we can rely on. You know, he only had five targets in the first two weeks. And even in a game like a close game script, they're still not going to the run game is obviously not great for Devin Singletary. He hasn't received double digit carries in a game so far. So three weeks, the most carries he's had is nine. We also saw Zach Moss and James Cook getting involved a little bit. Cook looked really solid as a pass catcher. And that's where the concern comes in here, right? They draft James Cook. They pay solid draft capital for him. We know his calling card is his receiving ability. Right now, that's how Devin Singletary is getting his production, at least in this week. And so if he's not getting the rushing volume and you kind of have James Cook maybe nipping on his heels for that passing down work, it doesn't leave a lot of opportunity here for Devin Singletary. And so I just think he's another guy that we got to be throwing into trade packages. I don't think he's going to have a ton of value. But I feel like, you know, heading into this week, he's someone I didn't really trust as a start in my lineup. Maybe someone views him as a running back two, a back end RB2, a fringe RB2. And I just feel like this is where we capitalize and get him off of our roster. Because I feel like week four, he could come out six carries, 18 yards, two targets, you know, 10 receiving yards. And it's just like back to square one here. The value has just tanked off. So I think those, what was that? Five players, five players I'm selling high on. Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, We had Damian Pierce, Chase Edmonds, and then Devin Singletary. So those are the players. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Am I crazy? Should I be holding on to some players? Let me know what you guys think. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you did enjoy the content. As always, thank you for stopping by, and I will see you guys in the next one.